and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein with me back from his journey from Nizhny Novgorod uh, for the Basketball Champions League final eight is Igor Djurkovic. Igor, uh, how's it feel to be back home? Uh, it feels good. Uh, feels fun that I got to witness it firsthand. Uh, the trips weren't the easiest to take from Croatia to Russia, but that was worth it. Yeah. Um, so obviously we have a repeat champion, Hereda uh, San Pablo Burgos, knocked off Pina Kasiaka in the final uh, 63-59 to repeat their title. The fifth champion, um, the fifth competition ends with its first repeat champion. It's, and uh, I guess I guess maybe just in general, before we, we kind of go into the games or whatnot, uh, we have an interview with the MVP uh, of the final eight, uh, Vitor Benite, coming up later. Uh, just maybe general... Uh, thoughts on on the the final eight, um, you know, being there live. I mean, it was a beautiful event, really. Like, we got so much praise from all over the Europe and even wider, uh, because I don't think anybody expected us to be able to handle such an event during the pandemic. Uh, the travel was not the easiest to get to Russia and turned out to be a fun event uh, the games were really good the games were super close so basically I'm, I'm like if i had to rate my feeling after the final eight from one to ten this would probably be an 11 yeah i think uh, deservedly so um everything that that uh, you guys did on site um and uh, you know the tv product i watched it uh, from afar remotely and uh it was it was really well done everything everything uh you know not that we could have uh you know ordered any really any better games either uh because the action was fantastic um i guess i guess let, let's just let's just jump into the quarterfinals um and you know some games we'll probably talk to, uh, more or less about uh maybe just uh the the wednesday games were uh, the hosts, uh, Saragossa, uh, knocking them off, uh, uh, Nizhny Novgorod losing at home in the first one, 86 to 78. Uh, really kind of the Dylan, Dylan Ennis show. Um, maybe any, any, anything really stand out from that game that, um, that uh, really, obviously there was so much action uh, you know, following that game, but uh, in general, maybe your, your biggest recollections of that one? I mean, for me, I don't remember anything from the first quarter because I was so like in shock to see fans, yeah. and it was sixty percent capacity, so somewhere south of three thousand. But the atmosphere was just crazy good, and then it really like Nizhny are not known for having fans like Karciaka or Burgos, but. They they have a passionate crowd over there, and just the noise that the crowd makes is is what I missed so much. You don't realize it until you actually see a game with fans after years of seeing just empty stands. So basically, that that was a shock for me. I think it was a shock for the players too, even though they say that they're so one hundred percent focused on what's going on on the court that they don't, they don't have the time to think about everything else, but. 
it was just like completely shocking to see people in the stands, to see the crazy atmosphere and listen to people and everything. So apart from that, I think like once the emotions settle down for Zaragoza, because Nizhny are used to it by now, but once the emotions settle down for Zaragoza, they, they looked really the better team in that one. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Dylan Ennis really took over that show. Um, I think one of the the the, the biggest one of the problems for Nizhny was when uh, um, Teropov uh, fouled out. You know, he was one of the one of the one of the guys that was able to really score. Um, talk about Casey Shepard and, and his struggles uh, a little bit later as well. Um, but uh, I think when Toropov, you know, his foul trouble, I think really he was able to really produce some some good points. Obviously, Voran Savich was used to big big games, as we had had talked about. Um, any 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 final notes on this one, or before we move on? No, I'm just. It was super disappointing for the Hoes that they didn't make it to the final four, but at the same time. They were more than professional. They were super dedicated to finishing off the event on a high standard by organizing it. It wasn't like we're out and we don't care. They just showed the really a high level of being a professional club in terms that the results didn't go their way, but they did every other thing that they needed to do to organize such a beautiful event. That's a good point. That's a good point. Also, obviously, uh, the Russian Basketball Federation president, uh, Andrei Kalemko, was there uh, later on as well. Um, so second quarterfinal was uh, Peter Kashiaka knocking off Aaron Nimbrook, 84-73. Uh, really a thrilling game. Uh, loads of action, loads of fantastic plays. 21 lead changes. Um, which you might not necessarily see when you look at the final score being an 11 point game. Uh, but you know, there was a 15 2 run, uh, to, to close the game. And, and it, and it seemed like, you know, you had, you know, those, 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 you know, those leaders that, that, um, that uh that Kashiaka you know seemed to have you know and by and 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 Taylor and, and Henry um and then obviously Morgan and and beers on both with with uh really big double doubles um and and really you know doing their their thing you know 37% uh, field goal percentage for Nimburg you know uh, and still scoring 73 points this shows you what kind of offensive firepower Nimburg do have uh to even get to that total shooting you know 37% um, this, you know, this was a, this was an impressive, uh, you know, close to a, to a game that had been close and, and show, all right, you know, we, you know, you know, you've been talking about how great, uh, you know, about how this is, a, this is a championship team, Pinar Kashiaka, and they showed it, uh, they showed it down the stretch. Yeah. For them, I think once the draw came up and they saw they were going to play against Nimburg, I think like the game plan was as simple as possible. Just stay close, stay attached, don't let them break away mm. until the last quarter. And once the final 10 minutes started, it was all about who makes more clutch plays. And if a game becomes that one, I mean, with all due respect to Nimbur guys, I'd rather have Karshiaka guys on the court at that point. Like, Retino Basson played them an amazing season, but it wasn't his game to finish off. Jerick Harding is an intriguing potential long-term, but he's still way too young to understand the 
all the tricks, the little details that mm. guys like uh, Sek Kendry and DJ Kennedy already know, and Tony Taylor especially. So basically, it came down to experience, and that's about it. And Karciaka um, showed that they had it. Um, unlucky for Nimburg again to be out. I think they're probably the most unlucky team in the history of BCL because the <laughs> the first two first two seasons when we had the home and away games and the overall tie, like the aggregate score, they were out by a single point both times against Sassari and against Ike. And then they played a couple of quarterfinals without making it to the final four, so just just a unlucky to be there and coach. Oren Amiel spoke about it after the game. He was kind of on, on the brink of tears and made us all be on the brink of tears with his speech about uh, going with these guys to the highest mountains and to the deepest valleys, <laughs> like to go to war with them, how much he's proud of them. But it wasn't to be like just unlucky for them to be up against Arciaka already in the quarterfinals. Yeah, uh, we we um, talked about that a little bit uh, with Coach uh, uh, back uh, a few weeks ago. Go back in the archives and and, and check out uh, the the trials and tribulations that this club has gone through. Um, it's it makes it sting that much more. Uh, like like you said, uh, move to move to Thursday. That was the second uh, group of of quarterfinals, and we had. Probably nominally our first surprise um, with uh, Lenovo Tenerife going down uh, 88-86 in overtime. Uh, Sig Strasburg getting the victory and and, and reaching the reaching the uh, the semifinals. Um, I'll, I'll just let you just you know how do you remember that uh, that game? Um, for the first twenty minutes, it was like okay, I guess Tenerife will probably heat up and blow out this game in the second half then for the third quarter it was like okay now they're running out of time but they are still the favorites to win this and once the fourth quarter started it was like there's no way Tenerife are gonna win this one because there are so many ghosts from the past and the um, unlucky escapes that they had in the quarterfinals last year and before that uh, with all their games that you just felt like an upset was coming and the only thing that Strasbourg can be sad about is the fact that they didn't hit that final shot, the Brandon Jefferson three-pointer to win it in regulation because the additional five minutes of playing against Tenerife took their toll once they reached the semifinals and the third-place match. Yeah, uh, I was going to bring that up. Um, in the in the semifinals, you, you definitely had a feeling that uh, they kind of ran out of uh, esteem. Even even just watching it, I'm sure um, seeing it live there was was that much more um, was that much more uh, was that much more clear. Uh, and Brandon Jefferson, you know, this I think we mentioned this a couple few weeks ago. Uh, did his his best uh, David Holston uh, <laughs> Im- impression. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. Um, and I loved after. Cavier had missed the two free throws with seven point three seconds left in in overtime, and uh, I think it was it was a three point game then. And um, 
and then they got the offensive rebound Strasburg did and Jefferson was fouled and after the first free throw I'm sure you I'm sure you probably heard it it was, it was clear to hear on the on the on the broadcast 4.0 seconds left Jefferson takes the first free throw and be, even before it falls he goes um now it's over and uh <laughs> You know, to give him the you know two possession lead with four seconds left. So, uh, yeah, you know, obviously, congratulations to to them. You know, they, uh, you know, Strasburg, uh, you know, great great run, and uh, but then had to face Burgos. Burgos, um, you know, they they knocked off um, Pallone in their in their quarterfinal. Um, you know, Benitez just was uh, fantastic. Twenty six points, uh, the double double by Renfro, uh, fourteen ten pl- uh, plus five steals, and you know they they did a really good job against uh, against Harris, kind of shutting him down. Um, did have seven assists, but he was had five turnovers, three of ten uh, shooting, and all told, nineteen turnovers. Uh, you know, this is. This was a team that that you know we we really liked and, and talked about alone a lot and, and and their offense. How do you think that they? Uh, how do you think that uh, Burgos did handling what Halone uh, wanted to do? Um, they had their troubles because Halone opened up a double digit lead early on, and Isaiah Miles was really playing a great game, uh, but. Coach John Peñaroya made the adjustments. He went with a smaller lineup because it made no sense to keep uh, Kravic or Sako in there against the smaller big guys for Holon, who spread the floor. So once he went with uh, Rivero at the five, it was way better for him. And then when he paired him up with Horton, just got a number of good plays out of it and Holon weren't able to... Uh, Build any kind of advantage anymore, and I'll remember this game because of the Ty- Tyrus McGee dunk that happened right in front of me. Should have been an end one definitely, but mm-hmm. nothing was called. And to make matters worse, the ref responded with a technical fault to hold on. I mean, just we discussed it after the game. I mean, if you miss the call like that, don't 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 magnify it with with the technical as well. Mm. Yeah, no, don't do it straight away. Yeah. But at the same time, Coach Delas was ejected from the game. He had his moment with the camera guy. So it was a tense game. Like I didn't expect it to be that much tense. Uh, semifinals. Um, so those um, those games were Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were the semifinals. And the first game was Kashiaka and, uh, and Saragossa. Uh, Kashiaka pulls it through 84, 79, uh, just huge plays by and by and, and, and Morgan, uh, late, you know, they combined for 33 points. Uh, you know, they, Kashiaka had 14 point lead and lost that and, and then trailed by seven. And, you know, um, it was again, you know, doing a job on uh, on three-point shooters uh, Saragossa only 4 of 17 and obviously, you know, Sack Henry did a did a, you know, was was phenomenal uh, from the outside, but you know, I think you know, similar to the other game, you know, uh Kashiaka, you know, it was their their main guys, you know, and by Morgan, you know, coming through with major offensive uh, big plays uh, down the stretch, you know. Yeah, but this was a game that Ufuk Sarija won for them. This was one of the best coach games I've ever seen in the Basketball Champions League because it came down to a lot of adjustments. It came 
down to a lot of matchups. Came down to his matchup zone out of nowhere in the final quarter. And the thing that impressed me the most is that, I mean, on the day before the quarterfinals, we had the captain's press conference and Karsiaka sent in Onural Bitim, who is a 22-year-old wing. Like, in no way did we imagine that they're going to send Onural Bitim to do the talk and when you have a team with uh, Tony Taylor, Amatan by Raymond Morgan, Semi Herd, and all these other guys. But it showed that they have the trust in him. And then he he kind of showed it back when he did his thing on the court in the semifinals because his last quarter is exactly what you need from your role player, from a domestic guy, uh, hit a big three-pointer, um, drew out three free throws on a foul, um, did a bunch of good defensive stuff. And at the same time, that made Ufuk Sarija's life much more harder because you don't take that kind of a guy out to bring back Tony Taylor in. And Tony mm-hmm. Taylor, who is probably the best mm-hmm. defending guard in the entire league, he spent the entire fourth quarter on the bench. And he loved it. Like His energy was amazing. He was all, all the time on, on his feet. He was screaming. He was clapping his hands. He was giving them all the support. So that showed that game showed to me that this is one scary team. That this is a team that plays together, and you could see that they were gonna win it no matter how big the lead was for Zaragoza heading into the final few minutes. Yeah, it was good that you mentioned that team because uh, you you really you know you were really wondering wait Taylor's not there is he and then you keep seeing plays made also by you know the team who you know has has really been fantastic in a lot of uh, small ways all season um as yeah, also, as a youngster also, also i mean Raymond Morgan struggled with fouls in that one so kind of to keep him benched for a long time before putting him in with 6 minutes to go it was not an easy decision mm-hmm. but then to put him in with four fouls it was not an easy decision that's why i say Ufuk Sarija really did a magnificent job in that game and if if i had to put pick a game hero it would it would be him for sure uh all right let's move to the fe- f- uh, second semifinal. uh burgos uh, 81 70 over strasburg uh strasburg came out uh took a big 12 point lead and um you know it it was you know we, we kind of mentioned the the you know Strasbourg only played nine players against Tenerife in the 45 minutes. And I think, I think it was 39, 39, 39 minutes, 39 seconds for, for Jefferson or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, a day later, uh, going against another, you know, deep Spanish team, um, you, you saw it in a lot of different areas, you know, 18 offensive rebounds, uh, by, by Burgos, you know, they showed their, their, their power, you know, 39, 22 in the paint. Um, and then, you know, you, you saw that it was a, a champion team, you know, there was, I, I saw in the report, it was an 11, two start to the fourth, to the fourth quarter, but you actually take the, the, the three pointer at the end of the third quarter by McFadden. Um, yeah. those two three pointers, um, 
to take it from a three-point game uh, close to at the end of three to a nine-point game, uh, basically, you know, opening seconds of the, of the fourth quarter. Um, and that was just basically, you know, um, a couple of defensive stops. And that's enough, you know. You're not gonna. Yeah, that's what I that's what I wrote on the game report that that three pointer took the air out of the building because McFadden's last possession. Everybody knows what's coming up. Everybody <laughs> knows he's gonna take an off balance three pointer, and it's a three point game. And he takes it. He makes it. It's a six point game. But you look at the body language from players of both teams. Strasbourg just looked so exhausted. Like the, that looked. Like this was this was the dagger, and they still had ten minutes to play. And at the same time, Burgos were just starting to heat up, and they are a deep team. It was clear that the game was going gonna go only one way from that point on. But at the same time, I gotta say th- this was the game that like a thousand people were in the stands, and they kind of cheered on Strasbourg because everybody loves an underdog. Everybody yeah, okay. loves a good blaster. So I kind of hoped that that could give the extra energy to the French guys, but then happened. Burgos were just too strong. Yeah, um, you know, there, like I said, there was also the three pointer by McFadden just to start the fourth quarter too, and you're like, oh man, yeah. you know, this yeah. this oldie is is killing us already, and, uh, and we still have to come yeah. back now from all this uh, as well. So, um, so third place game, uh, just just to mention it, uh, Strasbourg uh, takes down uh, uh, Saragossa takes down Strasbourg, eighty nine seventy seven. Uh, uh, Dylan Ennis uh, with twenty nine uh, twenty four points nine assists. Uh, so they uh, get on the podium, if you will, with, uh, uh, with a third place. Um, let's let's go to the final. Uh, you know, Burgos Kashiaka. Uh, you know. I think I think one of the things I said because this was actually the final that I that I that I picked um, and and I said it was going to probably be in the lower seventies, <laughs> and neither team actually even got there. Um, yeah. And uh, you know this, you knew that, that that both teams are you know defensively strong, and and, and I I thought that Burgos would have enough offensive fire firepower, um, and while playing that that tough defense that they've played all season. But I didn't really necessarily see a sixty-four fifty-nine game. Um, maybe just your just your general thoughts on 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 the, the whole thing. I mean, it was it was tight throughout. I think the biggest lead was seven points. Uh, numbers wise, you, you know, the the biggest thing that stands out was was the was the three point shooter th- three point shooting by Karshiaka uh, with just twenty six percent. They only shot thirty six percent, but like I said, a fifty nine uh, point game. But uh, just just your your general thoughts on, on this one. I mean, first of all, let me say that for the third place game, um, it's incredible that Strasbourg were alive in that one. But that kind of schedule by playing Tenerife, then Burgos, then Zaragoza, I don't think that you can bet on winning all three of them or even two of them unless you're basically Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, And as for the final, it was going to be a dogfight. Everybody was expecting it. Like, it's going to be pound for pound muscles in but I really thought that this was the kind of a game that suited Karshiaka more. And then the same kind of thing that happened against Nimburg and went Karshiaka's way, it happened against Burgos and it went Burgos way. All the big plays, everything that you wanted to see went Burgos's way. So basically it was kind of like 
the experience of being there probably and being the champion that helped uh, Burgos kind of defend and just lock down everybody on that final couple of positions. Yeah, um, you know, just just you you look and 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 you think, okay, um, the the experienced guys, you know, they they played such a huge role. Renfro, uh, you know, fourteen points, uh, six rebounds, four assists. Um, you, you know, McFadden you know, didn't really do necessarily that much, uh, but you know, Cook. I remember Cook hit a huge three po- three pointer. His only shot that he made uh, that was in the fourth, um, and you know, it was. Kravich's uh, defense, a uh, couple of big blocks, you know, it was, it, and, and Benita kind of just carried the offense, I guess, uh, alongside. Uh, you just, and then, and, and the job that Rivero did against, uh, against uh, um, Morgan, it, it, this is a team that, that, you know, was equipped to do this. And I, I think what's impressive is, is that they, they were able to repeat. Um, you know, it's it's always easy to be the 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 hunter, but but when you're the hunted, uh, it's that much more difficult. And and that's that's probably what impressed me the most. A team is hungry, um, uh, with the experience that that Kashiaka did uh, did have. That 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 uh, Burgos were able to pull it out. Yeah, and it was. I mean. Guys from Kashyaka said that they don't regret anything about the last couple of possessions, but the key possession was the one when Kravic switched on to Mbai. Mbai took a contested three-pointer, then on the other side of the floor, he got stuck on Renfro, who just blew by him, and instead of it oh, being a plus-two game for Kashyaka, it was a plus-three game for for Burgos. So, uh, like, that, that possession was... The only one questionable for me. I don't mind the Raymer Morgan pick and pop three pointer that he took. He then he made a couple of those before in the mm-hmm. game, so that was a fine one. But like, I think that at that point it was probably a bit of virtus rivalry that went to Mbai's mind. <laughs> Thinking back to the practices against Kravic, he probably thought that he had a good open shot that he was going to make it. He probably made it 10,000 10, times in their season together in Virtus, but it wasn't to be this time, and that was kind of the crucial possession of the entire final eight. All right. Um, maybe just general, um, you know, this was a team that uh, it was not a brave pick to say that they would win, that they would uh, win the title, um, you know, after the final eight uh, back in, in October. Um, you know, they, you know, we talked to Alex Renfro a couple of weeks ago about the challenge of, of the COVID that they had and trying to get back to the form that they had had. And, and obviously we're able to, to get back to that, um, wrap up, wrap up your, uh, your Burgos season in a bow that, what do you, what do you think about the, the campaign that they put together? I mean, the, the, it's not over yet, <laughs> but just when you think about winning two million euros in a matter of six or seven months, how many it passed? It's just I don't think there's nothing to add over there because this is what what like mid-level clubs trying to become big clubs. This is exactly the pathway. Now the thing that Burgos did, it's gonna be a similar kind of thing. 
every every single club will try it in Europe. Mm-hmm. Like th- mm-hmm. this is the path to take. Th- this is how you win money. This is how you win trophies. This is how you become a big club and earn respect from all over the world. Oh yeah, and they also won the Intercontinental Cup in between too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this is this is the, uh, winning becomes a habit at a certain point. So a lot of a lot of players who are questioning their decision where to play next season are going to look at Burgos and say, "Yeah, these guys are really good. I want to be a part of this team. They have a winning culture. They have a mentality that they want to win every competition they play." So th- this is just. It's not just winning a trophy. It's a, it's a something on a much larger scale. Let's 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 do overtime really quick. Uh, five topics. Yeah. Uh, let's just run through them really quick. Uh, stat of the week. I'll, I'll uh, let's call it stat of the final eight. I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I'm not sure if it qualifies for a stat, but uh, you mentioned you wanted a game in the 70s. It wasn't to be, but this was the second closest final we had. Uh, because the closest final was with a Spanish team and a Turkish team too. And it was back in season one when Tenerife played Banvit. The final score in that one was 63-59. So just one point of difference from this final score of the final. Yeah, I had 59, and that was the points by Karsiaka in the final, obviously, um, the defense that uh, Stra- uh, that um, Burgos put together. Um, surprise, um, I, I, I wrote down, actually, the words I wrote down was Shepard not showing up, but it's not entirely true. It's it's also the um, the, the the defense and, and uh, everything that, that Saragossa did, but um, uh, Casey Shepard, you know, after the amazing play that he had in the, in the playoffs, earning the playoffs MVP, um, just not really uh, being able, let's say not being able to play the game that he, I'm sure um, had, had played through in his mind. Uh, and I'm sure he's uh, really disappointed uh, about what, uh, what, uh, what went down in that first uh, quarterfinal. Uh, so your surprise. Uh, my surprise is uh, Mete John Birsen performing on a much higher level than he was performing all season long because he had only one double-digit game in the entire regular season and the playoffs and then came back with a pair of double-doubles in the final eight, if I'm not mistaken, in the quarterfinal and in the final. So him stepping up is huge, not just for Karsiaka, but also for Turkish national team because... This is a guy that was always in the front row at youth events and kind of was supposed to be one of the biggest things, but took him a time, took him a little while to develop. And I think that he's now looking like a perfect fit for any kind of team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, anytime you can go double double and and uh, uh, twice in in a, in the final eight, it's impressive. Overreaction. Uh, what do you have? Burgos are not going to win three straight. <laughs> I told I was talking to Coach Peñaroy after the game, and you know that he admits it himself. He struggles with English a lot because he speaks in Spanish to his players. Most of them understand Spanish. Um, a couple of them do get translation to translation to English, but. I told him, like, the way, way these guys are playing, we're going to probably need to switch the whole official language of BCL to be Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to actually say that this was um, of any any repeat. Um, this might actually 
maybe have been the easiest in terms of it's the same exact roster as the one that just that won the title, you know, whereas, you know, you have not only do you have the target, but you also have to totally, you know, you have a new team identity, you have new players and everything that goes along with that. And so um, not going to say it was easy, but it was probably the easiest of any of the, uh, the, the title defenses. Um, all right. So um, the biggest winner of the final eight, um, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, I have a couple of names, uh, you know, and let, let's switch it up and I'll, I'll let you go to the first one. Cause I'd like to hear what you say. I mean, it, it, it'd be easy to go with Vitor Benita getting the crown finally in Burgos for everything he's been doing as a captain, but I'm going to say that the biggest winner was DeAndre Lansdowne because mm. this is a guy who play, who is a captain in Strasbourg and he got a new contract with Strasbourg now. And he's the guy who spent four years without playing basketball after finishing his college days from 2011 to 2015. He was building houses. He was doing construction work. He wasn't even planning to play basketball anymore. He finished school and then got a tryout in Mexico, did a YouTube highlight video, which sent him to a German second division, played a bunch of lower division basketball, and finally got recognition on a global stage because he really did a great job at the final eight. Not just at the final eight, this whole season. All season and I'm, all season, yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy for him. I mean, he's the biggest winner of anything. Like, when you hear that kind of a story and when you hear him tell it, I mean, he's got so much positivity and he could have been a negative person, but he's got so much positivity talking about his struggles and how blessed he is to be finally here. Uh, I actually wrote down three things. Burgos Club in general, uh, the biggest winner. Um, I also wrote down Brandon Jefferson. Um, and, and actually, the one I think I'm going to go with is um, actually Ish Wainwright um, uh, sticking yeah. with Strasbourg. Just, you know, we we saw what he did with Uganda when he had um, a chance for total free reign to do whatever he wants. Um, uh, and, um, you know, Again, on like you said, on a global stage to 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 do what he did, um, I'm sure he's going to be really frustrated about about falling out in in the in the game. But um, you know, he really showed that that he's uh, of the of the utmost quality. You know, and also a similar story where you know he was actually out of basketball for a full year and played American football. You know, we had him on the podcast yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm, I'm gonna go with Ishwin Ish Wright. Um, yeah, and then the last. Talk. Go ahead, go ahead. Before the, the event, uh, he did a first-person story for us in the BCL mm -hmm. writers' block, as I called it. And he wrote about being a part of the Baylor University culture and how sick and bears is a kind of mentality that gets you through all kinds of obstacles. So uh, he's a really nice guy, like a really nice guy, and I'm hoping. He's going to reach one day his goal of playing in the NBA. All right. Last one is moment uh, uh, you'll most remember from the final eight. Um, I'm going to go first on this one um, since I switched it up. And 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 even not being there, uh, I'm going to say uh, having the fans back. You know, we've seen it a couple yeah. of games here and there, uh, Halone and, and, and also Nizni. But, uh, you know, the, the memories are there for – 
the Athens, uh, you know, final eight uh, back in October and, and how there were no fans there and just seeing the fans, uh, you know, being there. Uh, that's probably the thing I'll remember most. Uh, what about you? Um, the fans would be the obvious choice, but I'm going to remember a lot of positive reviews that we got mm. for everything we did as an organization for the TV production, for the images quality, the photos, the website content, uh, the things we did on social media. I mean, this was, you usually don't get praised for that, but this, this tournament kind of brought a lot of good news for us and to hear it happen after five years of building up this competition, it felt like a crown for this first five years cycle of the basketball champions league. Well said, well said. Uh, let's uh, move to the interview. Uh, we always, after the final, we have an interview with the MVP. So here's our chat with, uh, Vitor Benite. Uh, enjoy that. And we'll catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week, we have Vittor Benete, the back-to-back champion of the Basketball Champions League from Heredia San Pablo Burgos, the MVP. Thanks for taking some time. How does it sound, back-to-back champ? <laughs> and it's a pleasure to be talking to you again. And it sounds, I mean, sounds awesome, actually. It sounds awesome. It's something that you always want to say. And, and for us, it's just, it's history, history. So I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, maybe how, how were the celebrations maybe this time around, you know, you guys celebrated back in October in Athens and, uh, obviously there were no fans there this time. There were fans there, even some people from Burgos there with you. Maybe how much sweeter was that knowing that you actually had some of your people back there with you in, in Russia? Yeah, uh, it was a lot better just to be able to, to play with fans, you know, in the stands and to be close to our people after the game. We had some 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 people from Burgos, so we could enjoy with them a little bit. I mean, it was it was uh, it was a shame that we got into the to the plane uh, after the game already. You know, we couldn't stay a little bit in Russia because everything was open, and maybe to go out a little bit with the guys. But in the end, it was good just to to be around people from Burgos and to celebrate a little bit more as a as a normal title no as a normal day people would do so it was it was good it was good um maybe what um last time you guys won uh you really couldn't do anything um as far as celebrating with with your fans uh the pandemic has 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 you know gotten better vaccinations everything like that maybe is there any sort of plan um to celebrate with the fans uh Maybe just give an yeah, update yeah. on that. Yeah, we, 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 we got back from the trip and we actually asked for the coach and, and for the coaching staff to have some days off. You know, our team has been through so much this season and and we had uh, three days off and now tomorrow it's Friday we're gonna we're gonna go and celebrate a little bit the mayor of the city and some some politics, some stuff that we have to, to do that it's nice. They're gonna uh give us some you know, some, I wouldn't say reward, but just, you know, to celebrate a little bit more, you know, with the, these people that are really important for the city and then show the cup to the fans and maybe, I don't know, we're going to see if uh, we can have a lot of fans in the street. For sure, we're going to have some because the, the people here in Burgos love basketball. 
but uh, tomorrow we start doing some celebration and and I think the weekend's going to be a little bit about that I hope I hope because it's uh it's something really important to not celebrate as we should um b- before we before we jump into the games at Nizhnyovgorod um we we talked to Alex Renfro a couple of weeks ago and um, you know, the team was really struggling, you know, to find its form after really all of the fallout from your guys' COVID, um, the hit with COVID that you had, guys missing time and then mm-hmm. other guys having to take uh, take over and then the guys coming back and then the other guys basically being dead from having to, you know, carry the load. Um, how, how did this team feel going to Russia as sort of, you know, being back to the, the level that you guys have been playing earlier this season? Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think we, we really struggle uh, the last couple of, uh, I would say two months, you know, it, uh, we had this COVID problem that me and other guys, you know, four of the guys uh, had to stay at home. I mean, the, the, the good thing is that nobody was feeling really hard symptoms, but we had to stay at home. The whole team didn't practice for a while. And then coming back and getting to the rhythm, it was tough. We lost some games in the in the ACB that, that were really tough and, and because we're supposed to win. And when you lose these kind of games, you know, there's a lot of doubts and, and people start saying bad things about the team and we're going down. So I think at the same time, it was a month that, that we had uh, different things going on. We tried to, to do some meetings, to talk it out, you know, to to see the things that we had to work to get back on track, you know, to, to evolve as a team. Because in the end, we felt that uh, we kind of stay in a position that we were comfortable and then we started losing games and we didn't know how to react. And I think it was really good that we went to this phase because we had talks and, and the team got together and say, look, we have a lot of good things going on right now. We're going to go to a final eight that we're the champions. We got to defend this title. And, and I think when we went to Russia, we we had this mentality of just fighting, you know, fighting every game. Doesn't matter what happens, if we're playing good basketball or not, we're going to try to do every little detail as, as, uh, as close to the perfection as we could. But we knew that the most important thing was to, to fight throughout the games, you know. And, and I think on that uh, level, we did a really good job. And that's why we we got back on track of winning and, and winning another title. Let's jump into the games. Uh, the first game, obviously, quarterfinals against against Cologne. You know, it's a da- dangerous team that, that really loves a three ball, uh, plays a little bit unorthodox. And, and, and really, other than Miles, uh, you guys kept them in check from long range, um, kept Harris under control and, you know, forced... 19 turnovers. Um, oh, and you had 26 points yourself. Yeah. May, just mm-hmm. talk about that game. Um, I guess, you know, you had seen the other three quarterfinal games. You know, yours was the last. Um, maybe just um, how you remember that game. Well, I think uh, playing at, uh, I mean, mean, the last ones to play, it was kind of just building up a little bit of anxiety in, in the team. We knew that we're facing a team that is, really dangerous because of this style of basketball that nobody's really used to, you know, to defend. We had to do some matchups uh, to be being able to switch a lot of times, you know, in the pick and rolls and stuff like that. So we couldn't, because we couldn't leave them to, to play this one-on-one and, and to have open shots all the time. 
And I think it was a game like most of first games, you know, in, in, a, in a Final Four or Final Eight, because in the end, everybody's kind of anxious to start, you know, the game is kind of ugly at the beginning. And But I think the first half, we we were losing a lot of balls and we were giving them a lot of open layups or shots that we were putting them on the game. And I think on the second half, uh, that was good because in the end, we could change ourselves, you know, the, the way we were playing. So we managed to pick it up a little bit on defense and doing simple things and to beat a really tough team, you know, and and to beat them in a tough environment as well because you're the champions, everybody already played. You got anxiety, you got some nerves, you know, stress. And But I think we were able to, to figure it out in the second half to play good and, and to get a really good victory. And then semifinals, really kind of the Cinderella uh, among you guys there was Strasbourg, who had knocked off uh, Tenerife in the... Uh, in the quarterfinals, they they built up a quick lead, kind of punched you guys early on, um, and, and then you know you had you kind of had the feeling that you know this um, you know that they were a they had a shorter rotation. You know they only played nine guys um, in the quarterfinal overtime um, against Tenerife, and then a day later, um, you know they get you guys also a really deep Spanish team. Um, you know, McFadden hits the hits the the three at the end of the third quarter, and then opens the fourth quarter, and then that that sort of op- opens this fl- floodgate. You know, fourteen to two run. Um, you know, maybe how much did you think that that you guys were able to wear them down, and 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 um, maybe the biggest characteristics of of that game for you? Yeah, well, I think th- this is a, a good way to start. You know, in the end, we have a, a deep rotation. You know, everybody can. Uh, come into the game and, and, and do something different to change a little bit the the rhythm of the game. I think Strasbourg, when they played against Tenerife, I mean, it was a really physical game, a tough game with overtime and everything. So they were, for sure, they weren't in the best physical conditions. But, I mean, us as well, you know, in the end, is it, how it is. But they're a tough team, you know. They're strong guys. They, they play good basketball, you know. I think... Uh, it was a good matchup uh, for us, and but in the end, I think on the game against Strasbourg, we had, uh, I mean, Haciel playing at a great level in intensity, Rivera in the the rebound, you know, on defense, and then we had Max Fadden come coming like he always do in, in important moments. So everybody kind of contributing in a different way to to play better in in more minutes you know than we did against Holon maybe so i think it was it was a game that really showed us that we were there to win it you know and then you know final Kashiaka, you kind of have the feeling that they really don't have any pressure you know they've you know getting there was obviously uh fantastic and uh, you know obviously they want to finish it you know they have the two bcl champs who who had won alongside uh, you know Dion with um uh, with uh, Vit, um, Vit, um, Vitres, uh, Bologna, um, it was a, a defensive battle against really two teams that really can play great defense. Uh, seven points, biggest lead. Uh, you hit the the two big free throws to kind of secure the win. Six point one seconds left. Um, 
you know, it was it was a game that I thought, okay, if if it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it's in the if it's in the like mid seventies, and nobody even yeah. made it to the mid sixties. Um, just <laughs> talk talk about yeah. the the battle that that it, that it really was. I mean, I think the, the the final is is it was how it's supposed to be, you know, because in the end you play two games in in three days, you're gonna play a final, and then you put the physical condition, the adrenaline, you know, the all the environments of playing a final and two teams that are strong teams on defense that play good basketball, you know you you know that it's not gonna be the most pretty game, you know. I mean people are not gonna make every shot, you know, you got all the fatigue and everything. But I think the beginning of the game, uh I mean we had good opportunities. I think our percentage, I mean, on shooting trees or even free throws during the whole competition was was bad, you know, in the end, we, we were missing a lot. But we knew that we were playing good, you know, we were doing good stuff, we were finding good options. And and on especially on defense, we we're making what we wanted. And I think them was doing kind of the same thing, you know, because the, the scoreboard was, I don't know, 25 to 25 in the first half or something really low. So we knew that during the game, we just got to keep playing this good defense because in the end, we had the talent the talent and offense to make important shots and to have guys just stepping stepping up and and building a little bit more the, the, the game in our favor. So I think the final was was really tough mentally to, to maintain this level of focus on, on defense. Uh, being able to switch all the time, you know, to to talk a lot on the rebound to everybody to stay focused because they have a lot of big guys coming into the rebound all the time, and and in the end, it's I mean little details. I think it's uh, one layup from Renfro, two free throws, maybe one shot, uh, one good defense, and we were up and and we were able to to win it. Uh, so you're the captain of the team, and you knew that you were going to be able to have the trophy in your hands when you when you start the celebrations um and obviously it's you know you're gonna say um you know the obligatory um i couldn't do it without my team and all this other stuff but <laughs> what you know you had won the mvp of the intercontinental cup obviously this just being such a such a stronger uh, longer more intense uh, um uh, competition in general uh what did it mean to to win the mvp i mean i, I think uh, the mvp is uh it's like you said, you know, it, it, uh, everybody's going to say, I mean, and, it, and they say because it's the truth. I mean, you gotta, you got to have guys alongside you that give you the opportunity first to, to win a tournament, you know, mm-hmm. so you can be able to be the MVP. And then to, for me as a scorer, you know, someone that, that, that has this kind of role in the team, I need the big men to set good screens. And this is kind of a dirty job that, that, that not many people see, you know, so it's amazing to have guys that, that want to, to pass me the ball, to set me good screens, to put me in a situation that I can, I can be the, the, the MVP of a, a tournament uh, like this one. And in the end, for me, it's just an amazing feeling because you feel that you, you, you really contribute for, for your club, you know, for your team. And it's just an amazing present, present to, to receive, uh, Alongside the title, it's uh, something that shows that all the hard work that you do, uh, giving more hours of practice, when everybody is kind of tired, you go out there and you practice more and more. So this is just a, 
a president that, uh, that that you received that is just amazing. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, players uh, say you know they'll remember they remember the losses more than the wins. Um, you you now within a span of whatever it is seven six seven months uh, have now been able to hoist this trophy twice celebrate twice. Um, you know. You, this was actually your third time in, in let's say, a Final Four, Final Eight tournament. Um, for those who might not remember, mm -hmm. way back in, in 17, 18 with, with Mercia. This was your second season um, from uh, f coming from Brazil. And you guys were in the semifinals yeah. and, you know, kind of had a late comeback a little bit there against Ike in Athens. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there was the, you know, late no call uh, from, from, from Rojas. Um <laughs> You know, you exercised that demon because you won the first championship in in um, uh, in Athens. Um, yeah, is is that forgotten now? I mean, does does the does the joy of of winning two outweigh the the the, the losing that one? Or, or made it, how where does that where does that rank? Man, I, I I think so. You know, in the in the end, what what happened that time? It's uh, it was a joy as well because. A club like Murcia that never, you know, had the opportunity to play a, a final four like that, just to to help take the club to a situation like that, is an amazing thing. You know, in the end, you 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 stay a little bit with the loss, you know, and because you were able maybe to win, but you you couldn't do it. But uh, I think all these things builds your character, you know, as a player and make you want it even more. So I think. It was necessary for me to go through that so I could go in, 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 in Athens and for the second time and say, man, this time uh, I got to help my team and we got to win. You know, I've been here before and, and I lost. So I think this kind of losses, uh, it's just it's important to a player as well because you, you learn so much more how to deal with this tough moment or how to come back and, and build your character. So in the end, I think it was hard. For sure, I forgot the, that loss with Murcia, but man, I think without that, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, with this club. Uh, we like to have questions uh, from our fans. Uh, here are a couple questions from our from the fans uh, on Instagram. Uh, you, we just talked about Murcia. Uh, maybe this is from uh, Victor Petit uh, 91. Do you miss uh, Plaza de Plaza? Plaza de las Rojas in uh, in Murcia. You spent two seasons there in uh, Murcia. Yeah, yeah. I, I I spent three seasons in Murcia, man, and I had, I mean, an amazing time. It was my first club in Europe, so I, I learned a lot. I've been through ups and downs in Murcia, and and I miss, I miss, I miss the people, I miss the the city, and and it was a great time for sure. Costas. Bus, take us. Uh, what's your favorite shoes uh, to play basketball? Uh, play basketball. In? My my favorite shoes. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, always Nike. Uh, I always wear Nikes, and and right now I'm playing with the the new Paul George, and I would say it's one of the best shoes I've had. And I mean, if, since I start with them, they're giving me a lot of luck. So I'm gonna keep for for a while. <laughs> Are you a sneakerhead in general, or or just a little bit here and there? Not much. Nah, yeah, no, not much, not much, not much. There's other guys on your team that that can do that. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, underscore John Cherry, what's your go-to move to shake off defenders? Man, I don't know if I, I should say that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it depends. You know, I play a lot of uh, – I don't play many one-on-one one on one plays, you know, in the end, uh, Spanish teams, uh, I'm a scorer. I go a lot of, I play a lot of off screens and, and running a lot, you know, the floor to, to, to be open. So most of the times when I, I have a one on one, I try to maybe fake a, a shot or something like that, or put my eyes on the rim. So the guy doesn't know if I'm shooting or not. And then just, attacking the the weak leg or something like that there's not a, a move that i go to it depends on the situation you know i try to read it and study the game so i can get open in in most ways i can you know uh sticking with the fun on april 3rd uh saw on facebook that the that the club was visited by cheetos espana <laughs> and you received like this exactly. award of a of a giant cheeto you know, you got two trophies, two MVPs, uh, Intercontinental Cup, uh, three, 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 three titles back in uh, back in uh, in in uh, Brazil with with uh, Flamengo. Yeah. Where is the award from the with the big Cheetos stand in your trophy case, bro? Uh, if I tell the truth right now, the Cheetos has the best spot in my house, man. <laughs> it's the uh, giant Cheetos. I love them, and it's on my living room. And it's it's way more. I mean, you can see it first than all these other trophies. I mean, it's the it's the best one actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Cinderella story for your club. Obviously, um, you know the second division five years ago, whatever it was. Hollywood loves to make you know Cinderella stories, movies into movies. Who do you want to play you in the film? Man. <laughs> I mean, one of uh, it, it, it's tough, huh? One of the, man, the the best actors, one of the best actors I I love, but it's not. He doesn't look like me. He's blonde and everything. I mean, DiCaprio is is, is my guy. I think he's <laughs> one of the best. But I would say to play me, I would do more. Maybe Matt Damon or something like that. Yes, well, it would be a, a good match. Good one, sure. good one. Um, <laughs> it, it's always it's always kind of fun to to joke with uh, Alex Renfro, you know Omar Cook, you know these guys are are old and all this stuff, but and and, and they have a couple of years on you, uh, Omar obviously more. Um, yeah, they they joined. You guys were a good team last season. You know at the end of uh, you know through through last season before the pandemic hit, you guys were a good team. Mm -hmm. You lost a couple of pieces, but the 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 veteran leadership. Uh, that Renfro and, and Cook brought to you guys made a difference in, in a lot of games, both at the final eight and all of this season, obviously also here in, in this final eight. Um, you know, as someone who is still, you know, relatively young in the European game, um, maybe what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from those those two guys in particular? Well, I, th I think uh, uh, Omar and Renfro, when they come, you know, they bring this experience of playing in big tournaments, you know, big teams. And and I think these guys, the most important thing that I try to, to learn, you know, from these guys is is how they cope or, or how, how they deal with tough moments, you know, how they, especially, I mean, Omar, he's just, he's a guy that when we lost a couple of games, you know, he was, he was always coming and saying, look, we got to be calm. We got to understand what we're doing. And, 
and and see if uh, we are in this bad moment just because it's it's a bad moment that is normal or because we're doing things wrong you know we got to analyze it so omar it's always like this and and renfro i mean for me it was it was nice because He's he's a guy that compete, you know. He he loves to compete, and he he brought I think uh, this this kind of energy on on the games that it doesn't matter what game it is, he's competing and he want to win. He want to win a lot, you know. And and I think it's kind of this balance between both of them that uh, Omar's gonna talk more, he's gonna analyze more, he he's gonna make the team always feel good. And Renfro is more of the guy that's going to come in the court and he's going to fight, you know, he's going to play, he's going to try to win and you, you better go with him, you know. And I think it's a balance that it's amazing for this club and for the younger guys, for sure. Your season is, obviously BCL is now over. Uh, your season is not yet uh, complete, you, not even the regular season. You're, you're still, uh, have still a couple more games there. Um, you and Tenerife avoided, uh, played each other, uh, twice in the, in the playoffs in the, in the BCL, both, uh, won, uh, the home games actually by quite a bit. Um, you guys, uh, faced three times in Spain, twice in the ACB and, and in the Copa del Rey, they beat you all three of those times. Um, and, and you avoided them this time in the, in the, in the BCL, uh, in the final eight, Strasbourg took care of them in the quarterfinals. Um, but it looks like you're not done with them yet. Um, uh, <laughs> it's not set yet. Um, it can still change, but right now you guys are on a play on a, on a collision course for the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously they, they, they know you guys very well and you know them very well. Um, you know, I was talking to Dorna camp and he says, yeah, we're kind of uh, tired of them. And, and so, so <laughs> what do you, what do you think about, the, about them? Um, and, and maybe a possible matchup, uh, in the, in the quarterfinals, uh, in the Spanish playoffs. Man, I think, yeah, we're tired of them as well, especially <laughs> because they, they were beating us a lot more than we, we beat them uh, in the end. I think it's one of the teams that this year, has found a way to play against us that, that we won only one game and but all the other ones were uh I wouldn't say easy for them but we could see that they were they were better you know they were better they were playing better they they knew uh all the things that they had to do and we couldn't find yet this point to play against them so so I think I mean in the end the year we, we've been through a lot and them as well you know i think uh strasbourg uh, helped us a little bit in in the quarterfinal so we couldn't face them right away i think we were ready but it's always tough to to play against a team that you know that they have beaten you a, a lot of times this year but uh i mean let's see let's see what happens i think if things go in the way that they're going we're going to play against them and, and we know that Tenerife has a deep roster as well, you know, uh, and they play an amazing basketball, you know, with leaders, with guys that can step it up in important moments. And but let's see, you know, in the in the end, playoffs is, is kind of different. It's different to play a playoff than a, a normal a regular season game. So if we play against them, I hope we found a way to 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 match up better and 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 to beat them. And to close, let's go back to the to the BCL. Um, 
you know, you guys haven't even been able to really celebrate that's coming up. And, you know, who knows what the, what the rest of the season looks like? Who knows what the offseason looks like? You guys are the first team to ever win uh, this championship uh, twice. Uh, obviously, first repeat champion. So, you know, back-to-back is sweet. What do you think about a three-peat? <laughs> Man, it's uh, – the, the thing about winning uh, is that you get kind of addicted to it, to the feeling, you know, to be the last one standing to, to take the trophy. Uh, and it, it – it's it's the truth in the end after we're talking and and today i, I was practicing i was talking with uh, rivero actually i said man imagine winning three times i mean imagine do it do it again it's just it's something that it start building in, inside of you of course we got to celebrate we got to do everything we got to do we have vacation and and we got to enjoy it but when we get back you know doesn't matter the team we're going to have it's all about that to to keep making history and and if I if I'm in the situation I am today I'm gonna tell the guys look man if everybody thought it was impossible do it twice I mean why not three so this is this is the way to to think. All right, uh, Vitor Benite from uh, the back to back champions Herodes and Pablo Burgos enjoy the celebrations and thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure like always. All right. Fantastic. Uh, thanks to everybody for uh, sending those questions. Uh, great to to talk to uh, um, a winner. You know, you look at everything that he's done, you know, two, two championships. Um, uh, also, you know, was on a team with uh, two intercontinental titles, um, was, was with the club in Flamenco with the FIBA Americas. Uh, basically the, um, the America's league, uh, I guess that's what it's, it, it's the, ba- the basketball champions league of, uh, of the, of the Americas. Um, and, and you have to think, you know, he was actually at the final four back in, in, in 2018 with, with, uh, with Murcia, uh, and that, uh, you know, really lost that, you know, heartbreaking, whatever, but the dis- disappointing loss to, to Ike, uh, making that that much more sweeter to, to win that first title back in, in Athens. Um, you know, you, you, you saw him at the final eight in Athens and now here in, um, this year in Nizhny Novgorod thoughts about, uh, about, uh, Mr. Benite. He's just the best person ever. <laughs> He's so, <laughs> so easy to talk to. I mean, like, uh, he just feels like he's your next door neighbor and a generally good guy who helps help you set up the barbecue and then torture you for 50 points while you're not watching. <laughs> I mean, it's just when when you read stories like his that he spends so much time in Brazil trying to get trying to catch that break to go to Europe and do something in Europe, you always feel happy for him. He's 31 now. He was really outspoken during the whole final eight event, had a lot of good jokes during the press conferences and all the media stuff he did. He was so relaxed and he completely deserved that reward. And, you know, usually people just think of Vitor Benita, the three-point shooter, but he's a great defender. Coach said it himself, like, nobody talks about this part, but Benita improved on defense over the last two years so much. And I know that he had his horrible time in Zagreb right here in Croatia mm-hmm. where he played for Cedevita. So going from that horrible part of his career to these heights is just 
you got to be happy for him. Yeah, the wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful. Uh, I know it's on. I know it's on Instagram. I imagine it's probably on on on, uh, on Twitter as well, where he got he was mic'd up uh, after the after the final. It's just some some fantastic, um, some fantastic uh, quotes uh, there. Just you know, hearing him. And uh, the interact with his with his teammates and coach and stuff it was fantastic. Um, all right, so let's let's close this. Uh, if you want to, speaking of uh, of social media, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, the handle is at Basketball CL. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's the mobile app. Uh, you can read all of the great content on the website. ChampionsLeague.basketball is the website. Info at ChampionsLeague.basketball is the email address. You can catch all the games live and on demand on LiveBasketball.tv. There is uh, uh, the BCL is also on FIBA's Twitch channel, so you can go there. Um, and um, yeah, we do have one more show next week, um, and not going to tell you too much about that. What's going to be on there next week? But uh, we'll be back. Uh, Igor, uh, just your thoughts um, after after this uh, really fantastic final eight that you that you were able to experience firsthand. I mean. I need more. <laughs> the, the season breaks should not be existent. We should just continue with season six straight away. All right. I'm sure the players uh, don't necessarily totally agree with that. But um, All right. Then uh, with that, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, thanks for listening.